0: Lord, we don't want to be gathering in any form of religious ceremony. We want to be gathering in your presence. Lord, we desire your presence in this house more than anything. To see your spirit have his way, to minister to the hearts of every person in this place. Lord, that we would know every time we come and gather together in a corporate worship service that we've heard from God, that we've actually heard something from God. And that word presents a challenge for change, to come into a greater revelation and understanding of the ways and purposes of God. If you'll accept the challenge that God presents, the purpose is to bring you into a closer relationship with Him, to come into that place of intimacy where the Holy Spirit can whisper in your ear the secret mysteries of God, the plans and the purposes that God has for you, the special design for your heart to rejoice in the things of God as David rejoiced in his savior, to be able to rejoice in that same spirit of knowing who my father is. To come into a relationship of completely trusting in God and not putting my confidence in the arm of flesh but to have a confidence in my Father God knowing that He is for me, that He is with me, that He has gone before me. He is my rear guard. He is my all in all. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my strength. Everything in me depends upon Him and He will keep me by the power of the Spirit within as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to speak to our heart, we will know what it is to rejoice in the God of our Savior. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now, that's not just a nice little prayer, that's a word for you to receive this morning that'll bring change into your heart if you mean business with God. We may be a small group here, but if we have a group that's 100% soul dedicated under God. We know our spirit's right. We've made that decision for God. But what about the soul realm? What about the mind, the will and the emotions? That's the areas that's sort of needing to be addressed if we're going to come in line with the spirit. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Have you heard that? Well, what's the flesh realm? What's the mind, the will, the emotions? It's that part that is yet to be brought into that fullness of salvation. That's why the Bible says to work out your salvation. How do you work out your salvation? Well, you have to make adjustments to the things you're hearing and allow it to work through the the realms of your mind to let your mind be renewed to the word of God so that that renewing of the spirit brings a transformation in your heart that causes you to understand the ways and the purposes of God, why you're here, what God puts you on the planet for, Don't ever think you're too old or you can't do it because of, because the enemy will give you a good enough reason why you should just sit and do and listen and absorb and not really be one who participates. But God wants every one of us to be able to recognize that he is not only the, the source of our wisdom, our understanding, our guidance, but he's also the source of our strength through the grace he has imparted. It's a supernatural impartation of the grace of God, the power of God that empowers us and physically stimulates us and causes us to be stronger than what we should be according to our age. The enemy has done a real snow job on the church. Where we begin to think in line with how many years we've been on this planet and how that should uh, fit in with a lifestyle according to what we see in others. But according to what I see in the Bible, you can live in the fullness of the strength of the empowering God right up until the time you transfer. From glory to glory to glory. For some people, going to heaven is going to be a shocking experience their mind is going to be blown apart by the shock of what I could have had while I was on earth. For others, that's another step of glory and just stepping into heaven, stepping out of this and into heaven. I'll tell you some stories now, but I don't want to get into stories too much, but there is a realm That God wants His people to live in, to walk in, to experience here upon the earth. And it's called days of heaven here upon the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. A lot of people are looking to have an experience from an outward uh, change. Well, the outward change comes from within. When you allow God to do his work within there will be an outward expression that will shock some people. The change that's happened in that person, because they allowed the spirit word to impact their thinking, and their thinking changed everything about their lifestyle. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you are thinking, you are going to live. Your thoughts are your future. There's a few good one-liners here you should be picking up on. Your thoughts are your future. What do you want your future to be? If you align your thoughts up with the Word of God, you will have the future that God's promising. But if you allow your thoughts to be dominated by other perceptions of other people or other thoughts of other people who have not transformed their thinking and been renewed in their thinking, then you'll just go on just the same. Do you know some Christians never change? And that could be a positive and a negative. Some Christians are always happy, always smiling, always rejoicing, always walking in the victory. Even though their circumstances may be the opposite, they know that if you dwell on your circumstances, you will abide in your circumstances. But if you dwell in his presence, his presence will provide for your circumstances. There's a lot of good lines coming out right now. I hadn't even given any thought to any of this before I started speaking. But God wants you to know the supernatural. That's His super on your natural. That's why He put His Holy Spirit in you so the holiness of God could transform you into realms of the glory that are unexperienced at the moment. The book talks about going from glory to glory. That's a level in God that's increasing as we have a hunger for the word of God. Do you know when you spend time reading the book, the book changes how you feel. Now, your feelings may not direct you to pick up the book, but if you pick up the book, your feelings will start to line up with the book. I really enjoy the Passion Translation. Now, I've always I've been brought up on New King James. I love New King James Bible. I use it all the time. But there's something extra in the Passion Translation that I personally receive from the Spirit of God when I start reading this book. There's just something that brings me into a a place of hearing clearly from the Spirit. I use both translations all the time, but... The Passion Translation just seems to open up something else in the heart of God. I I really don't know how to explain it any more than that. But uh, some people who are very religious don't want to use the Passion Translation because it's not the translation Paul used. Well, Paul used a different one anyway, so I wouldn't get too hung up on that. But if you understand what's in the book, and how it's holy men of God who are inspired by the Spirit to write the heart of God. That's just brought something else up. Look, sometimes people have trouble hearing from God. Do you ever sort of feel that I'm not hearing too much? I'm having trouble, like there's a bit of a blockage there. The day's been too hectic. <laughs> Whatever. Sometimes it seems like there's not much happening. I'll give you a little secret. Find somewhere quiet to sit down, get yourself a pen and a piece of paper. This may seem strange to you, but I know that I know it works. You sit down, By yourself, quietly waiting on God with a pen and paper. You know how I start off? Good morning, Lord. Here I am. I just want to let you know how much I love you. You just start writing some things down and you're going to start hearing from God. It works. If your heart is desiring to hear from God, God wants so much to share some things with you. He wants to share some things that are going to cause your heart to start to almost bubble with joy. When you feel that presence of God that is so close, there is nothing to compare. There really is absolutely nothing to compare to that presence of God. And we say that we want to hear from God. Well, I have found personally, I can always hear from God when I listen to teaching about finances and I ask God, what do you want me to do with my finances? I have no trouble hearing from God. A lot of people are very hesitant to ask God what do you want me to do with my finances? You can be pretty sure that's the influence of a religious spirit who does not want you to get free in God. I have found over the years, I've been preaching for many years and i found the thing that stirs up, The most demons is teaching on financial overflow. Religious devils keep people in bondage. They hate the message on financial overflow. That is why you'll hear so many Christians talking against... What they refer to as a prosperity gospel. If you take prosperity out of the book, all you have is a book of rules and a bit of history. This book is all about our prosperity. That's what the book's all about, about prospering, about being prosperous in the things of God. I looked up the word prosperity. It means successful, flourishing, and a thriving condition. So do I preach a prosperity gospel? Absolutely, absolutely. Because the other gospel is poverty and religion. And it's really not gospel. It's doctrines of devils that keep people in bondage. So how are we going this morning? We're feeling comfortable in church. I have an anointing for stirring up religious devils. I've done it many, many times. I know how to do it. I know how to clean out a church. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, just smile and nobody will know. I'm telling you, when people start getting irritated with preachers talking about financial prosperity, that is a religious devil trying to limit the power and the release of God in your life. This city has a very strong religious Background, history, there's a a very strong spirit of Catholicism in this city. It's held this city in bondage for a long, long time. Its time is up. The church is going to break free from the spirit of bondage, from religious spirits, and poverty spirits who have ruined the lives of many, many Christians. If you will allow the Word of God by the Spirit to permeate your thinking regarding what God has planned and purposed for you, you will come into a place of freedom and joy and begin to experience what the, the, the message of the gospel is all about. Now, I've been talking a little bit last couple of weeks about the glory realm. There is a release of glory when you are released from the bondage of religious spirits. When the glory is able to permeate your being, it will remove, it will push out a lot of other stuff that's trying to limit the power of God. The first reference in the scripture, the first time the word glory is mentioned is in direct connection With wealth. When it talks about the wealth of Jacob, it talks about the glory. When God speaks about the glory, it includes wealth. It includes splendor. It includes deliverance. It includes so many things in the realm of glory. The glory of God is the brilliance of God. It is the the splendor of God. The Bible says that the glory, and Tim mentioned again this morning, the glory of the latter house, speaking about the church. You are the house of God. God wants to fill your house with glory. You have the spirit of glory resident in you. How much of the glory of God are you allowing to shine to work His work in you? How much of the glory do you desire? Do you desire enough glory just to get by with a smile on your face? Do you desire enough glory to absolutely flood and fill your being that you begin to ooze with the glory of God? When Jesus went up on the mountain with Peter and John, it says the glory of God came and it came out through him and he began to reveal the glory of what was within and his body began to glow and shine. It was like nothing this earth has ever experienced. You have the Shekinah of God resurrected in you that Shekinah glory under the Old Testament was housed in a cabinet, box God dwelt in the holy of holies in this gold why so expensive why do we need to be so extravagant with the gold God is going to fill his house with glory. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. God is doing a work in the earth right now. Whether you are aware of it or not, there is happening. The greatest wealth transference is happening in this earth right now. There is a transference of wealth it's coming into the hands of people who know what to do with it. Are you prepared to give God evidence that you are trustworthy with the little you have so he can put the much in your hand so the glory of God will be revealed in the house and the church will not be limited in anything God says to do because they've come into a realm of glory where they know if we have a revelation from God, God is going to give us what we need to fulfill the revelation. The heart's desire that God's put in me. It's going to take money. It's going to take finance. God is going to fill his house with glory. There's going to be more than enough. God is the God of more than enough. He's got so much that he wants to show his church, bring his church into, and the glory of God is going to be manifest in the house in a way we have never, ever experienced before. This is the time you are living in the greatest time in history. I said when that corona rubbish started that this was an attempt by the enemy to shut down the church. It did not work. You watch what's going to happen in the house of God. The true house of God is going to come and shine now. It's time for the house of God to begin to glow with the glory and see a resonant glory of God. Begin to move the church into the place God has prepared for it. How much money can you handle? It's going to come very direct. What can God trust you with? Can God trust you with a million dollars? Can you even comprehend having a million dollars to facilitate whatever your heart desires. That's why we've got to make sure our heart's set on God. I feel like doing a little bit of teaching on finance. Would that be all right? See, people in churches are, let's just get it over with quick. We'll have a five-minute offering teaching just so we can cover the light bill. Because we don't want the power cut off, do we? God wants to give you such a power connection. I'm telling you, if some of the, some of the most experiential times I've had in God have been directly related to doing what God told me to do with money at an offering time, and it's not about. So much. How can I put it this way? When God said to the, the, the church in the wilderness, the children of Israel, when he said about tithing, tithing is an across the board, everyone gives the same. Because it's 10%. And 10% from $100, that's all you've got, is still 10%. 10% of a million dollars is still just 10%. Oh, but I couldn't give that much to the church. I don't know whether I trust the people in charge. That's going to be a good test, isn't it? If you don't trust, trust the people in charge, why would you be in that church? That's what I don't understand because I've heard it and I think, why are you still in the church if you don't trust the people there? What is it? This is a really, really, really good time to say, Lord, Please help renew my mind, to receive what you're wanting to do in my life so next week can be the best week I've ever had. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you just to help you understand. Um, John 10.10. 10. Now, each one of these scriptures is a a whole message in itself. But I just want to give you a very quick overview to try and help you to settle something in your mind that God God is not out to take from me. He is the giver. He wants to give more. But if I can't be faithful with the little I have, he cannot trust me with the more. John 10.10, Jesus speaking. He said, I came that they, that's you and I, may have and enjoy life, and that's the Zoe God kind of life, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God wants us to experience an overflow in every area of our life. Financially, physically, spiritually. Malachi 3.10 speaks about more blessing than you have room to receive. More room than you can receive. More room that you can receive. That's my prayer. Lord, I need more room to receive. I need more room, Lord. That's why David, I believe it was David wrote, said, "Father, God, enlarge the capacity of my heart. In other words, give me the ability to be able to comprehend and receive more. Enlarge the capacity of my heart, so that I can run in the way of your commandments. Give me a bigger heart so I know more about your ways, so I can do more for you. I want to know more, Lord. Enlarge the capacity of my heart to receive. More blessing. More blessing than what you have got room to receive. Lord, how much blessing can I handle how much blessing do you think you can handle see I have look I've heard a lot over the years and I've heard about these people in church who when I get my inheritance I'm going to give that to the church this money and when I get and I And I've seen so many people make that statement and they're gone. With their money. May God bless them. And please, don't even entertain the thought that Jeff's looking for me to give a big offering. He needs money, the light bill has to be paid. Please don't. Don't entertain that thought. Understand my heart. I have spent many, many hours this week just reading in the Passion Translation, particularly following the line of, of wealth, prosperity, the blessing, the overabundant supply. I see it everywhere while I'm looking in the book. See, when your heart has been enlarged, to receive more, you can see so much in the scripture that God wants to put in your hands to see whether you're truly His, whether you truly belong to Him, that you can be a vessel that He can flow through. Can you actually be like a channel like a conduit, like a a pipe that God can pour into so you can be a distributor. See, I, I can see many, many needs around the place. And this is what the enemy has tried to do with this whole corona stuff. He's tried to shut down the church. He's tried to tighten up the finances. He's tried to get people to worry about all sorts of things. You watch what God is going to do. He is about to shake things like never, ever before. There is a shaking coming. Where is your confidence? It's the shaking Why does God want to shake everything? Why does he want to do that? Why is he shaking my life? He wants to know. Well, he already knows. Yes, but he wants you to know. He wants to know that you know where your confidence really is. Is your confidence in your bank account? What happens if you go to the bank tomorrow and you can't get any money out? It's already happening. There is a financial transference. I've been hearing about it for years. But it's, there are things happening now that you have very little understanding about. But there's, there's a spirit at work that's trying to pull down the church, but there's another spirit that's much, much greater, that's, that's a force that's to be reckoned with, that, that, man, there are so many things going into my mind at the moment. God wants you to understand the army that he's raising up And he's going to have an army that's ready to do everything he says to do and he's going to furnish them with everything they need if they will be a person who is committed to the kingdom that God can transfer the wealth to and through though his people will be blessed so that people will know the goodness of God in every nation of the earth. You cannot separate the glory of God from wealth. Religion has separated it. And religion has put all the wealth under the carpet where you can't see it and made it look like poverty is the way to go because that's what pleases God. And that's a religious poverty spirit that's straight from hell that's kept the church poor, that's kept the minds of Christians unenlightened so that they are restricted and frustrated all their life because the God that I hear about isn't really furnishing me the way I see in the scripture. I read about all the prosperity. I've been frustrated all my Christian life because I'm not seeing what I know is available. But I know that now is the time God is releasing some stuff. This shaking has been going on in the churches in in so many ways in people's lives. It's all about finding the security in God that you've never known before where you can trust Him with everything you have. If you're going to be in this thing, you're going to be in all the way. Not half-stepping. Too many Christians, half-step. And they never really experience the bigger things in God because they're afraid to give it all. Are you prepared to give it all? I'm 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 not talking money now. I'm talking you, yourself. Are you prepared to give it all to God? Say, Lord, I trust you with everything in my life. You can speak to me about anything in my life and I will willingly obey and do what you say. The Bible says so many times, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. i just read a, a... I'll get to those in a minute. Book of Job, which is another complete message in itself. God's talking about the the way he wants to bring people back to an understanding of his ways and if people repent and they're willing to be. Verse 11 of Job 36 says, if these people I've been giving my word to, if they will obey and serve me, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. That's Old Testament. That's New Testament also. Because in the New Testament, Paul said that God is able to do super abundantly, far above anything you can think, ask or desire. Are your desires God desires? Then God's going to back them up. It's very, very unfair of God to give you a desire to do something for the kingdom and then not give you what you need to do it. But he's preparing your heart for his timing. Are we prepared to say, Lord, everything I have, everything I am is yours. God's going to have that in his church. Deuteronomy speaks about blessings, Deuteronomy 28, it's all about blessing. Blessings overtaking those who are obedient. Once again, it talks about obedience. And in, in Deuteronomy 28, in that first verse, it's talking about being obedient to what God's saying. If you walk in obedience to what I'm saying, then you will be blessed in every area of your life. And the word that it's talking about there in the obedience is the word Shomar. And it means to hear intelligently and obey. If you will hear intelligently, and what's intelligently? By the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of intelligence. He can quicken your intelligence. Don't fight his intelligence with your intelligence mindset. Just go with God. Okay, Lord. If you're willing and obedient, you will experience. So if you're not in the experience, go back a little bit and say, okay, Lord, what's going on? Now this doesn't mean there won't be pressure come from the enemy to try and squeeze and pull you back and stop you from The position that you once took in God. Well, I tried that stuff and it didn't work. Yeah, well, you've got to have your faith locked into it. It's not just, well, I'll try it because somebody else said to do it. I've got to meditate on the word day and night and then I'll make my way prosperous. That's what it says in the book. That's what he said to Joshua. You meditate in the book day and night, then you will have good success and make your way prosperous. Like I said, you spend time in the book, it'll change the way you think. It really will. It'll change the way you think. And when your thinking starts to line up with God, you'll start to see the promises revealed in your life. Blessings overflowing on the obedient. Another one that says in Deuteronomy, you shall have a surplus of prosperity. Who wants to be in the surplus area? What are you going to do with the surplus? Have you made plans? Have you got a vision? All right. If you want to come into the surplus, you have to be faithful when it's tight. Because that's the test. And sometimes when things get tight, people get tight. And the enemy says, gotcha. Gotcha. Luke 6:38 speaks about the pressed down and running over blessing. Do you know what that is? That's Lord enlarge the capacity of my heart so I can receive more. The pressed down is when you fill something up and it starts overflowing. So you you give it a bit of a shake. What's the shaking about? Making room for more? Lord, I don't understand what's going on. I'm making room for more. But Lord, I don't understand. Don't worry about it. Trust me. But Lord, I need to... No, just trust me. I've got to know that you'll trust me when you feel the ground shaking. So, having given you a little bit of a... Are you kidding me? Have a look in Genesis 17. I've gone this long, I might as well keep going. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, go for it, Jeff. Rip that devil off my shoulder. Ooh, very quiet there. Genesis 17. Abraham, the father of faith. in Genesis 17, verse 1 says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. Could God appear to you now? I don't think there's anyone in this room that's 99 years old yet. God appeared to him. He said, Abram, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Do you know the road to blameless? It's the avenue that the Holy Spirit leads you down through obedience, He leads you through a pathway of obedience bringing you to the point where you are blameless before God because you're walking in obedience. You're just doing what he says. Doesn't mean you're a perfect person, but it means you're blameless before God because you're doing what the Holy Spirit says. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I want to hear from you. Give $100. Holy Spirit, have you got something you'd like to say to me? Give $200. Holy Spirit, I really want to hear from you about something else. (laughs) I'm telling you, it takes an anointing to deal with this stuff. And you have to know that you know when the anointing is on this word to break bondage off people. Who needs a financial breakthrough? Who's felt the screws on for a while now? Who's felt the pressure over finances? God says, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly exceedingly and Abraham was exceedingly blessed to the point where kings and wealthy people said just go away from it, you're getting too powerful you've got too much of everything for too long the church has been peripheral to the world. The world's not taking any notice of the church. It's just like this little group of people that are a little bit irritating at the moment. You watch. You watch what God's going to do. Do you want to be in the glorious temple that God's raising up in the earth right now. He's going to fill the house with all the glory, all the gold and silver, it all belongs to him. And the temple is you. Do you want God to deck you? And that doesn't mean flatten you. He wants to deck you out. The Bible talks about you look in in the book of Song of Solomon and the way that the 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 the, the way that the, the the extravagance oh that's that's just that's too extravagant. Have you seen the car he's driving it's just too extravagant. Have you seen the way oh my no, it can't be God it's upsetting too many people. Do you know how many people Jesus upset? And you know who he upset? The religious, the Pharisees, that spirit of tight, that spirit of greed, that spirit of lust. Oh, you can't say that word in church. They lusted after money. Do you know that was one of the biggest motivations why they wanted to get rid of Jesus? The people, if well, if the people leave my church, where's the money going to go? It's going to go with them, isn't it? We don't want people giving money to Jesus. We need the money in the... Oh, we're not going to talk about money in the church. It offends too many people. And, you know... The deacons—they're—they're they're, they're the wealthy ones in the church. We don't want to upset them, so you know, you've got to be careful about what you talk about in church. You know, if you had a little more wisdom, you wouldn't have spoken like that so many years and upset so many people. The church would be full now, but what would it be full of? Religious devils. My eyes were opened to a realm that I'd never seen before a little while back. When God showed me the vision up near Spooky Towers over there, that thing is a monument to religious bondage and devils. How dare you talk about our cathedral like that? That thing is a monument to bondage and religion. You'll upset some people. Good. Then we'll see who's for God and who's for Beelzebub. If you can sit through this, you're doing really well. You feel like the, the laundry soap is just scrubbing away? right? Huh? This sort of stuff will bring the greatest freedom into your experience that you've ever known. And when God knows your heart is free from the love of money, then He can flow it through you and you'll begin to rejoice in the glory of God. There is no lack with God. El Shaddai, Abraham, when God appeared to Abraham. He said, I am almighty God. That means El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Not the God of just enough, but more than enough, the overflowing supply. Who wants to get into the realms of the overflow? It's going to take a change in your attitude And it's a thing that has to be constantly renewed because I know that I know the spirits of religion and bondage are trying to snuff out and stop the move of God that's coming. And if you truly understood how much wealth is going to be transferred into the hands of godly people, if you really understood it, you would be doing everything you could possibly do right now to position your heart to be enlarged for God to fill you to overflowing beyond your capacity to even comprehend. But you'll only have the faith to receive that if you hear it Preached from somebody who wants you to understand the blessing and the favor of God in your life beyond anything you have ever experienced before. And I said it, maybe I said it just before, some of the greatest releases in my life came as a result of being free with the money. I mean really free. Not just, well, I can afford to go without my jar of jams. I'll give the $3. Jam's getting more expensive, you notice? Have you noticed everything's getting more expensive? What about giving it to God and letting God look after everything you've got so you have a supernatural supply? Where is the God of the supernatural? He's waiting for you. He hasn't changed but he's waiting for your mindset to change so he can reveal himself. Well, This is not what I came to church to hear this morning. The the release that comes into your life when you're free of the worry of money is amazing. Well, how do I get to that point? Do what the Holy Spirit is telling you. That's all. Nothing more. Nothing less. Just what the Holy Spirit says. That's all it has to be. And it'll be different things for different people. But if you have a heart desiring to hear from the Holy Spirit, He knows where you're at, but He knows where He wants to bring you. And if you could imagine, start imagining the glory realm being released into you so that God can begin to flow through you with the riches that He's bringing into the kingdom. The kingdom of God that's within you that God wants to free up for you. You want to experience the realms of the the gold and the glory and the, the wealth of the kingdom? There's more wealth on this planet than you can imagine and it's been stored up by the evil, religious, wicked, but God is releasing it now. Look, you might as well settle it. This is the message for this morning. This is it because God wants to do something in this house. God wants the light shining in this house because there's a preacher here who's not scared of telling you the truth. No pussyfooting around. No tippy-toeing around the pulpit because Mr. Rich Bucks might leave. He's already gone. We got rid of him years ago. How far is he going to go this morning? Just getting started. So we just read that little bit there. What about we have a look at Galatians chapter 3 where Paul picks up on the story of Abraham and it's interesting in the book of Galatians where there's it's a little bit of talk about standing fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And what's the message that he's talking about here in chapter three? Have a look at the, the last verse, twenty-nine. He's speaking, he says, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promise of blessing beyond you can even imagine. If we go back a little bit in verse 13 of chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? Well, if you didn't keep the law and you couldn't keep the law, you had a life of, well, it wasn't good. Poverty, lack, going without. Because if you don't walk in obedience, you give the enemy an opportunity to mess with your life. Because when you know the truth, who wants to know the truth? One person, two people, three, four, five, six. If you know the truth, And it's not, well, I know about the truth. I've heard that preached. It's a knowing. When the Bible's talking about knowing, it's talking about experiential knowledge. So when you have an experiential knowledge of the truth or you take it on board and walk in it, the truth will make you free. Free you from the spirit of bondage. Free you from the spirit of poverty. Free you from the spirit of sickness. It just goes on and on and on. More freedom than you can handle. Free. So, here it says, Christ has redeemed us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So there is the blessing on Abraham that comes on the church because Abraham is known as the father of faith. So you need faith to believe what the word is saying so you can step into the place where God can do what he says he's going to do. So we need to exercise our faith faith in it, and you exercise your faith by doing what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Why does God talk about money? Why does the preacher talk about money? Because money is the connection that God wants to have with you because the heart and the money have a connection because the scripture says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. God wants to know where your heart is, so he puts the word on you to see whether you release the treasure so he can have your heart. He wants your heart. And he wants to know that your heart is free from that yoke of bondage, or that tight spirit. So, if you are Christ's, you are Abraham's seed. If, if you are, yes, Abraham's my father, <laughs> father of faith. Great. Easy to read version says you belong to Christ. So you are Abraham's descendants. You get all of God's blessings because of the promise that God made to Abraham. And Abraham was a very, very, very wealthy man. So was his son. And it was Jacob, who was the next down, the grandson, who had the blessing... And when he left home with nothing, when he returned, the scripture says, Jacob has taken all our father, this is Laban, all Laban's glory. He was talking about all the cattle, the sheep, the wealth that had now been transferred through Jacob listening to the Holy Spirit or God telling him what to do and God put the wealth in his hands. It was an experience of a lifetime for him. But when he returned, he brought the goods because God had blessed him because of the blessing that was on Abraham, that same blessings on you and me. If we'll hear what the Holy Spirit's saying, do what the Holy Spirit's saying, then the curse will have no effect in our life and money is the biggest issue because that's where the biggest opposition and challenge comes from there is no opposition greater to any teaching that I've ever experienced than the one that comes against the teaching on financial overflow it upsets so many people in church and they go to another church where they can hear a a watered down gospel that they're comfortable with because I don't want anybody messing with my finance because it took me too long, too hard to get it and I'm not going to release it because I need it. Tight, the spirit of tight needs to be released in the house of God. It'll go one of two ways. This sort of word will either release something in your heart to God or it will move you on somewhere else. It's as simple as that. But personally, I want this house filled to overflowing with people who are overflowing in obedience to God. And money is just one of the obvious signs of I'm freeing God. Money's not my God. Money does not tell me what to do. How often you you, you go to the supermarket, you open your purse, your wallet, your bag, whatever, and money's telling you what you can have and what you can't have. That's a spirit of poverty. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That's just the thing that's around that's trying to control you and it's a horrible stinking thing. It is, it's horrible, it's horrible when you have to tell your children I can't afford that for you. What's going to happen when you have no finance left to put food on the table? Where's your confidence going to be then? Are you going to be in panic mode when the shaking comes, when the shelves are empty? or your supernatural supplier already showing you now to give you the confident assurance that it'll be fine. No worries, mate. I've got this all under control. You've put your confidence in me. You are in good company. I was reading in uh, this... Passion Translation a little bit the other day and I came across Psalm 96 and I saw something that I hadn't quite seen before. Would you like to see something you might not have seen before have you had enough? I can sit down right now, it doesn't bother me one little bit. I do not preach for myself, I don't need to do this. I don't have an identity crisis. I don't have a problem with who I am. I don't need to preach. I do not need to preach. So you're thinking, why are you? For you. But I don't like what you're preaching. Just sit through it. Some children don't like the correction that comes from their parents, but eventually they understand. I I don't know that there's any time when I corrected my children where they said, gee, Dad, thanks very much for that. That was really good. It was usually, that's not telling me what I want to hear, so I'm going to get huffy and go and sit in my bedroom and... (laughs) Some of the funny stories. But I'm trying by the Holy Spirit. You might think it doesn't seem very spiritual to me. Well, I'm doing this to try and help you in a natural, to see what I'm telling you works. One time, I'll get to that in a moment, there was a time when I did not know. You have to know there's a, a, an anointing and a freedom to be able to speak like this in the church. One time I was in a meeting and Tim was sitting next to me and it was the end of the meetings, end of the week meetings. I'd given everything I had. Did you hear that? I'd given everything I had. I'd given everything I had. Because I went prepared. I'd prepared my heart. And I took with me what I had purposed in my heart, I wanted to give to the Lord. And I was sitting next to Tim and I had, this was the final Friday night offering, I think it was, or Thursday night, I don't remember. That's all I had left. There was nothing else left. Tim was sitting next to me and I felt the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to give more. I thought, <laughs> I can't. So I said to Tim, have you got some money you can give me? And he gave me some money. So I could put it in the offering. I gave it back to him. Could you come into that sort of place? I mean, I had every reason to argue that point. Lord, this is all I have. This is all I've got left. I've given you everything else. And God says, come on, up it. I can tell you story after story after story where I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And when I've acted in obedience to what he has said, I have been astounded or what's happened the following week. We want to have supernatural experience, but we want to have it on our ground, or our terms, or our thinking. If you want to have a supernatural experience, you're going to have to do something beyond your natural. Did you hear that? If you want to have a supernatural encounter or experience with God, you're going to have to go beyond where you're at. Where you're going to have to... Push the boundaries a little bit. I know that I know God speaks very clearly about finances to his people because he wants to set them free from the bondage, from the yoke of poverty. And every religious spirit that would try to restrict their hearing, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. How do you open up your ears? By opening up your heart. What's the evidence you've opened up your heart? You give. I'll tell you another story later. I want to try and get this point across if you want to have a look at this it's in Psalm 96 and I'm reading out the Passion Translation and it's a beautiful Psalm when you read about the King, the glory the rain, one of the verse. verse, verse this is talking about God verse 6, breathtaking brilliance And awesome, inspiring majesty radiate from his shining presence. (laughs) Can you picture that? (laughs) His stunning beauty overwhelms all who come before him. Surrender to the Lord Yahweh, all you nations of people. When God begins to shake, this world's going to really begin to find out where it's at. And all the nations of the earth are going to be shaken and God's going to sort out who's who in the zoo and who's for him and who's not. Let it shake, let it rip. It's everything or nothing for me. It's either in the church or everything's burning in the fire of God or go to the beach. I am not going to half-step anything. If people don't like it, tough but have you heard of tough love sometimes our experience can be a little bit uncomfortable but God is going to move some of those uncomfortable thoughts out of us so we begin to rest in the comfort and assurance of my God is so close to me it doesn't matter what's in the bank that's not where my confidence is at <laughs> then it says, "Surrender the Lord in verse seven, all the nations." Then it says, "Surrender to Him all your pride and strength. All your pride. What would stop you from giving to the Lord? Pride. And sometimes people are proud of their poverty and they use it as an excuse to give God zip. It's pretty free in here this morning. It's Pretty free. If I kept doing this for a few weeks, would you keep coming? Don't put your hand up. Sometimes children run away from home when they don't hear what they want to hear. But eventually they understand. Home's not such a bad place. <laughs> Mum and dad really do love me. <laughs> Surrender all your pride and strength. Um, the verse in Proverbs somewhere it says that the, the strength and the pride and the rich is in their money. Then it says, confess that Jehovah alone deserves all the glory and honor. Do you know what my New King James Version says? Give to the Lord the glory due his name. The glory due. I got stuck on that. What's the glory due? What's the glory and honor? Give him the glory and honor. It's more than lip service. If the glory's talking about wealth and the Bible says give him what's due, what wealth could be due to God? got it, your tithe. The glory due, the tithe belongs to Him. It's holy. It is holy to the Lord. When the tithe is holy to you and you in obedience and righteousness give it back to the Lord, that will be a work of Holiness that the Holy Spirit is moving you in. Give him all the glory due. Here it says, the glory and honour. And if you know your Bible, the Bible speaks about in Malachi, which is talking about tithes and honours. He says, if I am your father, where is my honour? What's he talking about? Money. You honour God through obedience. It's not about the money. It's about obedience. And obedience brings the blessing. And the blessing is part of the glory realm. For this house... To shine in the glory of God requires the wealth that God is going to transfer into this house so that all the needs can be met in this city by the church. The church is not supposed to be peripheral to the world. The world is supposed to be Understanding the power of God and the glory of God and the reverence of God in the house of God. And if God's people aren't the first ones to do it, who's going to do it? So God is bringing a people together, uniting their hearts who have a desire for the revelation of God, for the spirit word about finance, so He can release something in your heart, so He can enlarge the capacity of your. Receive him. But you have to give him the evidence that you can be trusted with the little you have. Then it says, bring an offering. Oh, really? <laughs> and come into his courts and celebrate. Come worship the Lord wearing the splendor of holiness. There it is. How do you wear the splendor of holiness? When you honor the spirit of holiness and you treat what God says is holy, as holy, and do a holy work with what God has put in your hand. And you walk in the garment of holiness because the Holy Spirit has put on the righteousness you're actually allowing the Holy Spirit to fill and flood your thoughts so you move in a realm of supernatural expectation where the realms of the Spirit of God are now able to move you into a faith level to receive the glory that God has in store that He wants to bring you into. Then it says... Let everybody wait in wonder as they tremble in awe before him. It is a holy thing. It is a knee-shaking, holy thing to come before the Lord God Almighty and present to him such a seemingly insignificant gift I mean, what do you give God? All you can give him is obedience. And that's everything. And when he sees an obedient heart, there's somebody I can trust. Because they'll do what I tell them to do. Because they've got a proven record. Tell the nations plainly that Yahweh rules over all. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. I've got it written in the book here. I've actually written it in this passage. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. He is doing a great job and nothing will disrupt him. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. I've written it down. This is what I was meditating on and writing on during the week for he treats everyone fair and square. You know, I, I thought about it and I, I sort of think tithing is a little bit like a subscription. Anyone here got any subscriptions? Some, some people uh, subscribe to Apple Music or... Different things. You might have a book subscription. Okay, what do you do? You pay your money, you get the benefit. Do you think that's being too crude about God? You pay your money, you get the benefit. God says, you pay me the tithe and I'll rebuke the devourer. If you don't give it willingly to God, the devil will take it because you're in disobedience. Did you hear that? If you don't give it willingly to God, the devil will take it because you're in disobedience. You want to hear the truth? Once you hear the truth, you're accountable to walk in the truth. If you're not walking in the truth you hear, you're walking in disobedience. If you're walking in disobedience, the devil's got a free hand. You take it. He'll Just take it. Take, 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 take. But if you're obedient to what God's saying and you're willing to give what God is saying, God's doing it for our benefit. I'm teaching this for your benefit, not for my... I do this. This is my lifestyle. This is what I do. And God looks after me and I have absolute confidence in him. Because I do the little I can. It's so insignificant. And sometimes the pressure comes on and there's less money and there's more expenses. Who are you going to trust? One scripture says ascribe to him the glory it's a bit like subscribe isn't it If we will line up what we what we can do can you imagine what god who is unlimited is going to do Lord I am praying for every person in this place that you would help them to understand your heart Your desire to bring them on to a place of enlargement, to increase their capacity to walk in the fullness of the spirit dimension, the realm that's above the natural, where the supernatural becomes imparted upon your life because you are willing and obedient to walk in the goodness of God and the glory of God shall shine in your heart, shall shine in your life. There will be evidence of the tangible presence of God. There will be the healing of your body. There will be the strengthening of your soul. There will be the rejoicing in your spirit. there will be an overwhelming supply of what God wants to have in your life so you can be a representation of the Lord Jesus Christ making Jesus attractive to all, getting everybody involved in the glory and the praise of God and all the glory to God, all the blessing to God all the favour to God and Lord please let your word sink into our hearts help us to meditate upon this word to chew upon this word to digest this word so this word becomes a part of us so that you can fill us and flood us with more of your presence, what you're wanting to do to bring this house on into the realms of glory because Lord, we want to see your presence, your glory in the house like nothing we've ever experienced before. So come Holy Spirit, have your way in this place, have your way in our hearts, do whatever you want to do and cause us to have such a confident assurance in you that nothing will shake that which has been established In our heart, because we're built on the rock solid word of God. Glory to God.
1: That was just so good, so good. What God's going to do, I don't think we realise what God is really going to do for us. Um, That wealth that's coming, God's got so much for us that we've got to do. Thank you so much. Um, I was just thinking while Jeff was speaking there that giving all of your finance you know giving all to god What's that? you know god did that with his son he gave his all and um his son you know what greater no one can comprehend giving a son as a sacrifice and god wants us you know just giving our money it's just we just cannot comprehend you know and what um jesus went through when he went to the cross you know i don't ...how much he loved each one of us... ...before he didn't even know us... ...2000 years down... ...here we are... ...we're down here... ...and Jesus did it for each one of us... ...he loved us so much... ...that he did it for each one of us... ...and um, there's a lady that I follow on social media... um, ...and behind her she has this sign... ...I am washed by the blood... ...covered by the blood... ...saved by the blood healed by the blood and you devil can't defeat the blood so if you all like to stand let's take the body of Christ thank you Jesus oh Jesus we just thank you for your great for each love for each one of us Lord, we just thank you for what you have done in each one of us, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you open our hearts to know how much you love each one of us by your blood that was shed on that cross, Lord. Lord, help us to understand that what we have inside of us, Lord, and what you have done with your precious blood, that we can ask to be healed, we can ask to be covered, we can ask that uh, to be saved by you, and you have done it all for us. We just thank you, Jesus. Let's take the body of Christ. Thank you. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Um, it's exciting times coming and very close. Very, very close. And uh, just got to remain open to what god is going to do he says he's going to do it he's going to do it he's going to use his church we've got some notices school holidays have started look at that so um our uh fortnightly men's and ladies groups uh having a break over the um over the holiday break we do continue our prayer meeting through the holidays. Uh, that's, that's Wednesday night at 7.30. And uh, I'd understand the ladies are still going to have a coffee catch-up, those that can, uh, at the Beechworth Bakery at 10.30am on Wednesday as well. Now, uh, this week, uh, the Southern Cross Kids Camps uh, or Camp is happening over in Creswick. Uh, and uh we had some people around this morning that were um heading off uh there uh, this afternoon so they they're setting up and uh getting ready and the kids will be here uh tomorrow morning they'll leave from up at the stadium and uh they'll have a week in Creswick and uh and it's a week of happy memories that's that's what the uh that's what the kids get um and they get input uh they um uh from the word of God um they have buddies with them, so every child has a buddy with them, and there's staff on top of that and uh you know these are kids that have fatted <laughs> hard, so I get a bit um I get a bit emotional every time I talk about it <laughs> but um they're the ones that you know, they get the life's not fair bit. <laughs> um, they, they, they've had childhoods that they shouldn't have had. <laughs> yeah. But this is an opportunity for, for for Christian people to sow into these young people and it has a lifelong effect. So um, can I just ask that everybody um, continue to pray, please, um, for the camp this week for these long, little people and for the experience that they're going to have <laughs> <laughs> which is good <laughs> it's a good experience but it's the love of god that's what touches them it's the love of god so uh let's just pray now heavenly father Lord, I thank you for each and every person that, um, that gives of themselves to you first and then to others. And that's the pattern that you, that you have, Lord, uh, that we first give ourselves to you and then to others. So, Lord, I'm just praying a blessing upon each and every one of these um, staff members, each and every one of these buddies, Lord, that are, are putting in for this week. Lord, that are putting in, sowing into these young people. Lord, I pray for these young people, for these children, Lord, that you love the children. Uh, <coughs> Lord, that your hand would be upon this camp for this week. Lord, that your your spirit would move uh, in amongst these young people. Lord, that they would have and see, Lord, um, an experience that comes from your love that comes through people who have received your love so lord we just uh we just ask that that you would be there and we know that you are lord that uh, that your spirit would hover in that place lord that uh, that you would just be a covering uh, Lord, bring those children to the camp with, without any any fuss or disruption, and uh, and Lord, just watch over and 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 keep them, Lord. Uh, and Lord, we just pray that uh, that the result of this um, would be just such a a uh, such a witness of the power of Your love. Uh, so, Lord, we just pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen amen so please continue to pray um there are camps the following weeks we'll mention those um so next week uh in different places uh, around the state and and out and around australia so hallelujah um i think that's um i think that's it good afternoon um and the Lord bless you really good spring is coming the weather i mean so Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen.